you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Take your Bibles, if you've got one with you, and turn to Psalm 27. And we're going to go through that psalm this morning. Uh, As we are drawn near to God in these weeks of quarantine, and today we're going to be drawn near to God for His his peace. So I guess I I need to be honest with you this morning about something. Um, It's really a confession. Uh, So I just want to get this out there. I am a peace addict. I, I crave it. I, um, I work for it. I will go to places to find it. I, I'm a peace addict. You know, I'm celebrating Mother's Day today. I have this great mom. She lives right next door to me. I'm so blessed by that. But on March, 37, on March 31st, 1967, the day I was born, my peace was disturbed. <laughs> and it has been disturbed every day since then. Um, this last week I was able to go to one of my favorite places on earth to try to find or uh, try to soak up some peace uh, down in southern Indiana in in Nineveh around Cordry Lake. Uh, Some sweet friends of ours uh, have a place that we can go to and and spend some time down there, so they let me go. And they have this fire pit, so I made this fire. And I sat there for five or six hours just soaking up, uh, up the peace. But I'll tell you, even in, in that environment, um, you know, the, 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 the breeze just gently blowing in the trees and, and the, the quiet lake water and um, the warmth from the fire, birds singing, you know, even in that environment, my peace was getting disturbed. There was a dog that had to bark at like every leaf that moved. And, and then there was a group of teenage boys, I think about seven or eight of them, that sounded like 20 that visited across the lake. And then I, I uh, set my cup, coffee cup down on the, on the ground and ants swarmed it. Uh, and then it had to rain for two minutes to make everything damp. So uh, all of that was disturbing my peace. But all in all, it was a really good time, peaceful time uh, down there. But, uh, but being the peace addict that I am, I was not satisfied with it because it wasn't picture perfect. Then as soon as I got home, you know, all that peace just kind of disappeared. I was, I was longing for the lakeside fire and, and even the ants because ants are way better than murder hornets that are in, in, in invading the United States out west. You know, and, and then, then with the news with the police shootings and the protests and then, you know, news of a stillbirth in, our, in a family that's close to our family and, um, and then news of a, another suicide from a, another pastor. You know, peace. We do not live in a peaceful world. But for the follower of Jesus Christ... We can find peace by drawing near to God, believing in who he is. And so that's what we want to do this morning using Psalm 27 as our vehicle. So let's pray as we look at that psalm and just pray for the God of peace to give us his kind of peace. Let's pray. 
in in Jesus, we come to you today. And I just love that song. I must tell Jesus. There is nowhere else we can go. No other place where we're able to take the burdens and cares of this life and truly lift them off of our shoulders and place them in your hands and know that they'll be taken care of. And Lord, we, we are so thankful for that truth and we know that truth, yet we struggle to live in that truth. And so today, Father, as we hear David's words about you and his experience with you and his struggle, I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would be stirring in our hearts, that your uh, gift of peace would be would be bearing fruit in our lives, and that we would be able to say today that David's words are our words. Um, I believe that uh, we could all use that today in our lives. So, Lord, uh, thank you uh, for this time. Thank you that uh, these words of mine uh, will be used by you in, in, in the hearts as you take them, saturate them with your spirit, translate them into our heart language and strengthen us. We trust you'll do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Psalm 27. You know, it doesn't actually mention the word peace anywhere through it, but if we would read it and believe it and follow it, Peace is what we'll end up with. And so in verses 1 to 3, we're going to find some peace for our fears. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. I will remain confident. I love those words. I love it. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. I love those words because it describes our God, who he is, and our faith in the in, the, in that God gives us peace. It's, there's peace for our fears. Now, David, he gives some examples there of really what are extreme forms of evil, if we think about it. And um, I would say for him, past experience. Um, and so he's bringing those up again. He's saying, even those things have happened to me, I won't be afraid. He said, even when my enemies uh, or even when evil people come and try to, to eat me up, try to devour me. I won't be afraid. Even when my enemies attack me, when they go on offense, they will not succeed. And then he ups the ante. Even when, um, even when mighty armies surround me, I won't, I won't tremble. My heart won't be afraid. Why? Because God is my light. He is my salvation. He is my fortress. That's who he is. I believe him to be those things. You know, having a fear of the dark is not very uncommon, especially if you're a kid. Um, Because, you know, in the dark, um, it it feels dangerous. You lose a sense. You lose the the sense of sight. And so dangerous things can happen. Like you can be walking around in the dark and you can step on a Lego. I mean, if that's ever happened to you, that's like one of the worst things that could ever happen to you. (laughs) You could stub your toe 
on your on your bedpost trying to go up to the bathroom, you know, in the dark. And when life is is really dark, you know, you just you move slower. You're more cautious about your movements. You can even be paralyzed because you're afraid. So when you when you can't see, um, or when you're actually feeling the darkness, God can be your light. I love that His Word says about His Word that it is a lamp unto my feet. You know, just a just a little bit of light casts out a ton of darkness. And it's no contest. It's no contest. Just a little bit of light from the Word of God can cast out a ton of darkness in your heart. And you can have peace when you have that darkness in your life. Now, sometimes in life there seems like there's no way out. And you know, that, that, you're, that you're a goner. Whatever's going on, there's no hope of your survival, of, of your getting through this. In those times, God can be your salvation. God is in the rescue business. He is a rescuer. And God will rescue you. He will rescue you from sin and Satan. He will rescue you from yourself. He will rescue you from circumstances, from sickness. He will rescue you from danger. All of those things. Um, The Bible is full of stories of God rescuing his people. Of him leading them, of, of him guiding them, protecting them, fighting for them, defeating their enemies. God is their salvation. He's in the rescue business. All of that is light for your darkness and truth for your faith. A reporter, Heather Clark, she wrote a, a story in the December 5th, 2013 Uh, edition of the Christian News. It was titled this, Nigerian man who survived three days at the bottom of Atlantic Ocean credits God for survival. On May 26, 2013, at 4.30 in the morning, the Jaskin 4, one of three tugboats towing an oil freighter, began to sink. A 29-year-old cook, Harrison Objegba Okin, immediately knew something was wrong. The vessel descended 100 feet, flipped upside down, and rested on the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Now, Okeen was tossed all over the place in his quarters as it was going down. And on the bottom, he groped his way through the darkness to find a cabin that had a four-foot pocket of air. He grabbed some mattresses and stacked them on top of each other and sat on them with his head to keep above water. And he waited He waited for a rescue that seemed pretty remote. O'Keen was a believer in Jesus Christ, follower of Jesus, and he began to pray the Psalms that he had read the night before. He prayed, Oh God, by your name, save me. You are the Lord who sustains my life. So after two and a half days, he was certain that the other 11 members of the crew had drowned and he was thinking that he was going to drown too. But then he heard the sound of rescue divers. And so he took a hammer that was in his cabin and he started beating against the side of the ship. Dutch divers, they were going through the boat and they went into his cabin and they saw a hand. They reached out, but to their surprise... It reached back. They thought they were reaching out for a dead man's hand. 
But this hand gripped their hand back. O'Kane said it was a miracle. He told reporters, I started calling on the name of God last night, reminiscing on the verses I had read. My wife had just sent them to me before I went to bed. He said this day he believes that God rescued him after 72 hours on the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. It It was a divine deliverance. He said, the rest of my life is not enough to thank God for this wonder. This was incredible. <laughs> that, that is our God. He is in the rescue business. He's in the rest. And as, you know, as great as that rescue was, there's a, there's a greater rescue that God does in, in the lives of people who turn to him and trust in, in his son for salvation. You know, some, sometimes in our life, before we know Christ, it's like we are on the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean in a ship that's upside down, sitting on mattresses that we stacked up of our good works, trying to keep our head above water as death rises in our life. And we don't even realize it. We're lost. We even think we need a rescue. But then along comes Jesus A rescue diver seeking us out, reaching out his hand, saying, I have a different life for you. This rising water will not overtake you. Trust me. I've got the way out. I've made the way to have your sins forgiven. To know life with God. And to get you out of there. And when that happens to you, you know what? You will spend the rest of your life thanking God for that incredible rescue in your life. Has he done that for you today? Have you trusted in Christ? Has he rescued you from death? He will do it today if you ask him. And it will be the greatest rescue that has ever happened. God will be your salvation. It's all done. Now being the peace addict and danger avoiders that we are, We stay away from situations and from people that don't feel safe. And right now, we're we're in that situation, you know. Uh, We've got a little more freedom than we had last week. Indiana is beginning to reopen, and and, uh, some of us are still afraid. We're afraid to go out. And, you know, I I, I don't think that that's uh, unwise. I think that's fine. Not suggesting that you just, you know, go run out. But what I I want you to think about is you're believing in a God who can rescue people from the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean after a three-day stay. So what's leading you around today? Your fear or your faith? There is peace for your fears when you believe in the God who is your light and your salvation. Let your faith lead you in these days, in these fearful days. Verses 4 to 6 of Psalm 27 tell us that there's peace from God's presence. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. For He will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in the sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. 
At his sanctuary I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. We can't wait to do that again. <laughs> if you could ask God one thing, just only, only one thing, what would you ask him? <laughs> Think about your, your prayer list. Think about the situations that you're praying about. Think about the people that you're praying for. If you can ask God just one thing, what would it be? Well, David, he asked to be in God's presence all the days of his life. All the days of his life. Now, that wasn't a prayer for his next life. That was a prayer for this life. He wanted to spend his days in the house of the Lord because that's where God was dwelling. That's where his presence was back when David was walking the earth in the temple. And that's, that's what David wanted. He wanted to be there because when he was there, he said, God hides me there. He hides me from all my troubles. When David was there, he, um, he is out of reach of his enemies. When David is there, God lifts up his head. David can worship with shouts of joy and music and offerings. That's where David wanted to be. There was enough peace in God's presence for David to say, This is all I want, God. The rest of it I know you'll take care of. Just let me be with you where you are. Forever. All the days of my life. Now, that, that ought to sound kind of familiar to anybody who's ever, you know, gone on vacation to get away from it all, you know. I mean, we do that, right? We, we take a break from the busyness of our life and we go someplace that's peaceful, like the mountains or the woods or the ocean. Um, and, we, and we go there to, you know, leave our troubles behind, leave our worries behind, just forget about it all for a while. And that's a good thing. And it's a good practice to do that. If you don't get away, I I suggest that you do that. But just make sure that when you do, you spend some time, intentional time, soaking in God's presence. Because there's peace there. There's peace there. And, you know, just a couple of days will make a big difference in your life. But that's not the only way to be in God's presence, to go somewhere to find you know, that peace. You don't have to do that. You can be intentional about being in God's presence right in the middle of your busyness, busy life, right in the middle of all that's going on. <clears throat> Doesn't matter what's going on. You can have peace. God goes with us where we go. I mean, he's all around and he is inside the believer. He's been given to us when we believe the Holy Spirit. And so if we practice the presence of God, We remember he's with us, that he's in us, that he's not going to leave us. No matter what's happening in our life, peace is possible. There's peace for our hearts. So understand that. Uh, You don't have external peace, but internal peace is still possible because of God's presence. And remember the story of Jesus when he was in the boat crossing the lake, uh, with the disciples and, a, and he's sleeping in the bow and the storm comes up and it's rocking and rolling the ship and his disciples are afraid for their lives and they go and they wake Jesus up. Jesus, how can you sleep? be sleeping here? We're, we're afraid for our lives. We're going to drown. And Jesus, he, he's waking up and he's like, guys, guys, where's, where's your faith? 
And with a word, Danny, just hushes the storm. Now, I realize that's the Son of God. (laughs) But His life shows us the kind of peace potential our lives should have. Because God is with us. He is in us. And so when, when we are in the middle of a storm, when our boat is rocking and rolling, we, we can still get a good night's sleep because we practice the presence of God. When we realize God is with us, He is in us, and He has got us. We're secure in His hands. You might not know this name, Angelo Dundee. But you probably know this name, Muhammad Ali. He was arguably the the most famous professional boxer that ever boxed. Well, for more than 20 years, Angelo Dundee was in Muhammad Ali's corner because he was his corner man. And he, he helped train Ali. So he was, he was the one that made Ali float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. He also trained 15 other world champion boxers. Well, Angelo Dundee described his job as a corner man like this. He said, when you're working with a fighter, you're a surgeon, an engineer, and a psychologist all wrapped into one. Well, as, as followers of Christ... We've been born again and the Holy Spirit. We have, we have someone way better than a, a surgeon, a, engineer, and psychologist. We have the, we have the Spirit of, of the living God inside of us, in our corner. And he is, he is the one who encourages us. He encourages us to not be afraid and to get out there and keep up the fight. He brings us to the corner and he has us sit down to rest and he works on our wounds and heals them. He guides us. He whispers in our ear, giving a strategy of how to go the next round in life. This is is the life of a believer. There is true peace from God's presence, no matter how bad you're getting beat up in the current round of life. There is true peace to be found. Now, the rest of the psalm, takes us deeper into David's prayer life, and we're going to find out that there's even peace to be found when God seems absent. So let's read the the rest of it, uh, verses 7 to 14. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You've always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me. Oh, God of my salvation. Even if my mother and father abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, oh, Lord. Lead me along the right path. My enemies are waiting for me. Do not let them, do not let me fall into their hands. For they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident. I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So verses 7 to 10, David is desperate there. He is desperate for God's uh, attention to know that he's there because it seems like he's not. He's, He's calling out. Oh, God, where are you? Hear my prayers. Be merciful and answer me. I've got to know that you're there. Where are you? 
And he says, you know, I, I know you called this meeting. My heart heard that, and I'm here at your request. So, Lord, don't leave me. Don't reject me. Be my helper. You've always been that. You're my salvation. There's nowhere else to go. Even if my parents walked away from me, I know you wouldn't. You would hold me close. Not a whole lot of peace going on in those verses, but he keeps on going. Teach me how to live, Lord. Show me the path to walk. My enemies are out to get me. They're saying things that aren't true. There's threats. There's violence. Don't let me fall into their hands. They are accusing me. So David is feeling the absence of God, but the presence of his enemies. And he's desperate. He's desperate for him. Have you ever been there before? You know, where it feels like God is absent, but all this evil is present. Maybe it's conflict. Maybe you're drowning in a sea of conflict this morning in your life, and there's danger, there's strife, and you can't seem to find God anywhere. People are mad at you. People are threatening you. They're thinking bad of you. They're talking behind your back. If you try to say anything to defend yourself, it just makes them seem right. You know, is that, is that life today? Maybe it's not conflict. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's darkness and, and uh, you know, despair. And you're, you're, like, you're in this sea of that uh, heavy emotional heart. And it doesn't seem like you can keep your head above water. Where is the life preserver? Where is it? Maybe it's just your worries and fears. Maybe they got you treading water in, in stormy sea this morning and it feels like, you know, one more piece of bad news and I'm going to go under. How do you keep going? How do you survive? How do you find the peace of God when it doesn't seem like he's there? Well, just follow David's lead here. Verse 14, he says, But... Even though, yet I am confident of this, I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. So that is his faith kicking in. His faith's kicking in right there. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain, confident of what we do not see, according to Hebrews 11.1. And that is the best source of uh, truth on faith that you can find. David is confident that he's going to see God's goodness show up in his life. So he's not talking about, you know, after he's dead. He's talking about in the here and now. You know, he's not saying, you know, even if my enemies kill me, I'm good. I'm with God. I'll see his goodness. He's not saying that. He's saying, no, my enemies are going to be defeated. Believe that. I'm confident of that in this very moment. And then he tells us why in the next verse. Because he's waiting on the Lord. He's waiting on the Lord. His confidence isn't in his own strength. His confidence is not in his own wisdom or his wealth or his position. His faith is in God. It's in his God. And he's believing that he is on the way. He's waiting on God to show up. That he's working out the answer. He's waiting for that answer to show up. God's answer. That God is faithful. That he loves him. These are things that David is hoping for at the end of the psalm that gets him through out of that desperation. His faith is making him confident that all that stuff's going to happen. So when you've got that, when God doesn't seem to be present, then you'll have peace. So the question is, what are you waiting on today? Are you waiting on the COVID-19 vaccine? Are you waiting on uh, the next phase of reopening Indiana? 
Are you waiting on warmer weather? Waiting on a, a, a healing in your life? Waiting on your special someone? Are you waiting on, on your next job? Are you waiting for worship at church? Are you waiting for your next stimulus payment? Listen, I promise you it is hard to keep your head above water when you're waiting for things that are unsure that may never happen. It is difficult to keep treading water. But when you can wait on God, when you can wait on Him, you'll be able to find peace when it seems like He isn't there. And you know why? Because God is your light. And God is your salvation. He is the one who is faithful and true. He is the one who created you. He is your provider, your protector. He is your healer, your great physician. God is the good shepherd. And he knows your name. He is light and life, the bread of life and the living stream. He is all of those things. You want to be waiting for him. Because when you're waiting for him, there's peace when it seems like he's taken a long time to show up. And we're going to close our time together playing a play a song for you. Um, it's called Peacemaker, and uh, I love this song. It's kind of old and um, has a lot of names for God that uh, the, the writer of the song wrote in there. So I put them in this video, and they'll show up on your screen. And as we going to use the song just to lead into our time of prayer to close. And um, so as you're seeing these names of God in your heart, if your heart tugs on you, to, you know, you need God to be whatever that name is for you today, just grab onto that uh, for our time of prayer as we close today. Uh, so let's just uh, listen to this and listen for the Lord to speak to your heart. thankful for this psalm today. You are our light and our salvation. Whom shall we be afraid of? Lord, take our fear today. Be our fear taker. Let your peace rule in our hearts today. Pray for those that are struggling in this stormy sea of conflict or darkness or fear and worry. Pray that they would lift their eyes to the God of their salvation. That you would lift them out of that stormy sea onto that high rock, that place where nobody can touch them where you lift their head and they can see you and be full of joy and worship. Thank you, God, that you are not so great, that you are so far away, that you still say to our hearts, come and talk to me, and we can respond to that invitation. We can soak in your presence Lord, I pray we all hear that calling in our hearts this week. 
is the greatest longing inside of us to be with you. Even to the point, Lord, of just asking you, Lord, just let this be the rest of my life. You take care of the rest. I just want to be in your presence. And we pray for those, Lord, that are feeling your absence today. They're desperate to see you show up with a life preserver, with an answer, with the desire of their heart. Lord, we take our eyes off all the things that we're waiting for. We put them on you this morning, the one who promises strength when we wait for you. The one who says he'll renew our youth like the eagles and will soar on the wind when we wait for you. So Lord, we put our eyes there. We fix our eyes on Jesus. Pray for peace. Because we know he is faithful. He is true. He is the victor. And we are more than conquerors because we're in Him. Lord, I pray Your grace be abundant in the lives of those who are listening. Let it pour out on them and strengthen them in their weakness, their impatience, their fear. Pray that it would overflow from them to their neighbors, their family, their co-workers, people they shop with, people they run into on the path. Light, God of light, shine through your people in these difficult days that we're in. We love you. We thank you for loving us. We want to love you more. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.